Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. Hi, I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And I'm Rochelle Doyle. Our focus this week is on reflections of 2020. Reflections are thoughts, ideas, or opinions as a result of meditation and We wanted to take some time to reflect on this past year as we get ready to launch into a new year. Navigating through 2020, Mm -hmm. what has that taught you about boundaries? 2020 definitely has taught me to think things through a little bit more because when you're dealing with a pandemic, it's a good, it's actually a good analogy for what we were just talking about. You can't just make a decision to, I'm going to come over to your house and have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to think through everything I do right now. Mm-hmm. Even like there's this hot topic in my household right now because my husband really wants us to go see our friends that we always spend New Year's with on New Year's Eve. And they're not really around many people. So I'm not that concerned about it. However, she is going to LA to see her sister for her birthday. So she's staying with her sister in LA. And I'm like, is that smart? Because like, she's been in LA, she's now been around her sister. I just don't feel good about it. But Mike's like, Oh, my gosh, it'll be fine. So again, it's not just us making this decision to go to our friend's house for New Year's. That's not going to be smart right now. Because he's like, well, what if Julie got a COVID test? Which I'm like, I don't want to do I just don't I just have made the decision the not to. social conversation too. like, hey, you're gonna see your sister. Do you mind getting a COVID? No, this is what I told Mike. We can see them in January. Like we can pretend New Year's Eve is like January 31st. I just feel like right now it's the most condensed, concentrated time of getting COVID. And like the more people that just say no and stay in their house for the next two weeks, the better off we're going to be as a society. And this is a good boundaries thing because am I doing it for what's best for me in this scenario or what's best for society or other people? It's probably I'm making it a choice based off other people here because I'm not super nervous about me getting COVID or me dying of COVID. That's not where it's coming from. It's coming more from, I don't want to be part of the problem. That's interesting, but do I feel better? Do I feel more authentic not being part of the problem? Yes. Then I would if I got COVID and then I exposed somebody else to it Mm -hmm. just because I made a decision to have one fun night. Well, that's a big boundary. And that's like 2020 has taught us boundaries on hanging out with each other. Totally. Or like, do like, what decision do I make here? Because it's affecting so much. It's not like some decisions you make that aren't affecting like the entire globe right now. Taking things forward, this is going to change the way the rest of our lives are in ways that are as of yet unforeseen. But in terms of how close people are to me in general, in terms of Sanitation for restaurants, there's a bunch of things that I think that we've learned that we can do to minimize even the flu that I hope to continue. Totally. And I look at like the school and all the things that we've done. Like last year, we were talking about double tracking and it seemed like such a pie in the sky idea, but we're doing it right now because we had to. There are so many good things about that. In some ways, we had to think through things really well. But then in other ways, we had to take action where normally we think things through to death. So there is a danger in that too. 
in order to have things flow, you have to take action. You can't get stuck. I think that's incredibly true of Waldorf. But I think we, like, like you and I, our personality type is more to like push things through and move. Like we want to move. We don't want to stand here stuck in the mud. Let's just do and figure it out. Craig actually gave me advice that is like always stuck in my brain. Mm-hmm. There was something that we were looking at starting and I was like, oh, I just don't want to get it wrong. I think maybe it was scholarship program or something along those lines. And he was like, but if you get it wrong, then you just change it the next year and it's so simple and basic but it also was like oh okay i'm not a brain surgeon i am not going to kill anybody right that's not my reality yeah i want to make the world a better place and if i try it and it doesn't work then i can make modifications and tweak it to make it better your scholarship program that you started is like the only thing that's still happening there and it wouldn't have happened if you didn't make it happen but it's working. We've had it for the last three years. You did something good there. And maybe it's about those little successes and not feeling like, oh, if I do it wrong, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's okay. But if you don't do it at all, then we wouldn't have had the scholarship for three years. Right. We've benefited three different students off of that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like, that's big. That is. And you did it. Well, I mean. <laughs> You're all well. I don't know about that. <laughs> So what was the smartest decision? You decision. Made the smartest decision. <laughs> I felt like after I did this, like I had a very surface year, like I didn't go deep on anything, but I put my home office. It's so funny. When I left that office on the 13th of March, I told myself, I don't ever picture myself working in this office again. Yeah. It was really a weird moment that I was like, you know what? I'm never coming back to this office. It just was like something in my brain. Mm-hmm. And then we started working at home for like two weeks and then realized we were going to be here for the long haul. And I just completely redid my office. I just am like, I'm buying a desk. I'm making this my office. Like I'm claiming this spot in the house and this is going to be my office. And also Colin moved out and there was nothing in here. So that was part of it. But now I feel like I can totally move forward and say, I want to do this contract work or whatever, because I'm set up here and I feel like this is my office now. So it's almost like that boundary for me helped my flow because now I see myself as like an independent contractor who works at home. Mm -hmm. Like I'm living it. Mm -hmm. So maybe boundaries too, you can act as if you can set things up for yourself in life that help you to move in the direction that you want to move into. Yeah, there's two parts. Number one, in relation, cluttered space is a cluttered mind. And if you're not at peace with the space that you're working in, then that overwhelming feeling is encroaching upon you too. So for you to be productive, especially as you're going through an unearthing and revolutionary time for your life, mm-hmm. so necessary that you did take care of that space because then it allows you to at least have the breath and the peace to work on whatever else you want to work on, whether it's work work or self-work. Totally. I'm sure there were other smart decisions this year, but like that one really resonated with me because it was a decision that is going to have a long-term, long-lasting effect. And it was for me, I just totally was like not even asking permission. This is my space now. So what was your smartest decision? The bees. 
Oh, the bees were such a smart decision. Yeah. The bees landing on my tree and me keeping those and learning how to be. (laughs) It taught me patience. It taught me stuff about bees that I didn't know. It was just a ton of fun to learn about, to talk with people about, to add that layer. I think that what's interesting about it is I never would have done it unless one of my friends said, you would be a great beekeeper. And I was like, I can't, Why not? <laughs> I can't keep bees. Like, I'm, who keeps bees? I can't be a beekeeper. And somebody saying, like, you could do it was all it took for me to be like, I could do it. You also told yourself you could try it. There's so many things, too. Like, I think the opposite of saying yes to everything is sometimes you say no to things like the bees that might be amazing in your life if you just tried it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's scary to try new things or say like, I don't have time for bees or whatever. But if you're asking yourself, would this add value to your life? Yes, it could add value to your life. And if you don't try it, you wouldn't know that. Maybe in the future when somebody says, hey, you make a good beekeeper, you might be like, yeah, I'm going to try this because it worked out last time. (laughs) My therapist, when I was telling her about the bees, she brought this thought. She's like, think about the decisions that you subconsciously made. With being a beekeeper, you can either get stung or you can get honey. And there's this whole metaphor of how it is you're choosing to lead your life. What if I get stung, but what if I get honey? That's exactly what I was talking about with the safety and growth. Mm -hmm. Getting stung would be like, I'm going to go with safety and not try this. But growth would be like, I'm going to see if I can make honey. Mm -hmm. So that was my smartest decision. And what I thought was so interesting about it is really because of the circle of influence I have around me. Having good people in your life that speak light and positivity and hope and all the things into you. So important because they can help you believe in yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. It goes back to you, like, are around four people. That that was in the truth podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what one word sums up and describes this past year's experience? I put crazy. <laughs> Depleting. Yes. This year was just crazy. Like, anything you thought about life, like, got turned upside down this year. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of the same thing. Reinvention is so exhausting. And to have to just not have any sort of blueprint for how to do anything professionally and personally is really, really exhausting. It sucks. Funny how we both go to the negative with that one. I'm sure we could say a positive word, thought provoking or creative. Maybe it's revolutionary. Revolutionary is a great word for 2020. I'm trying to watch myself on that because I tend to go to the negative instead of looking to the positive. It's like, where are the gifts and how are we going to live our lives? Since we're talking about boundaries, like how do you move forward and set new boundaries for yourself based on some of the negative and positive things? Yeah, I waver back and forth because there's some cool things that I got out of it. But this year has been a disaster in a lot of ways. And it was exhausting. Like it was exhausting and it was crazy. And I think that there's space to acknowledge that as the very front of what the truth is about this year. And both of those words deserve the conversation of like, okay, so now let's look at the positive side. But I would definitely lead with the negative because it was, and I would challenge that there's a point of almost Pollyannaism to focus 
strictly on the positive because this year was such a hot mess. But sometimes when you are looking at anything that's bad in your life, you have to look at, yeah, but what good has come out of it? It's just a good, healthy question to help you grow. Mm -hmm. And what came out of it that puts you in the future in that growth place? Yeah. There's a lot of things that happened this year that are good. Mm -hmm. Out of shit grows flowers. There's that. Flowers. Okay, so what was the most loving service you performed this past year? I think helping my parents with my mom's surgery and my dad going through chemo and all of that this year, I would say that. Okay, so how does that relate to boundaries? It shows me that doing things for my family and helping them and putting work on the back burner is like a loving service. Because in order to help them, I had to say no to work. Ooh. I had to at times tell Kat, I can't talk to you right now. I have to help my parents with something. Yeah, this is a priority. You know? By me saying that was my most loving service, I have to think about that with the things that I say yes to with work. If I say yes to working like 24-7, I'm not being able to do these loving things to my family. That's huge because talk about intentionality. What's the point of what it is that we're doing? Are you living to work or working to live? And not being able to be there for your family because of work. I think it would just make you so bitter. That's when it stops working for you. And a lot of it this year too showed me that it's not working for me anymore because it's too much. And I hear it from my family, like you're not spending time with us or like you have another meeting, like we can't have dinner together, like that kind of stuff. And it's like life passes before you. And do I not want to be a part of that? Mm -hmm. So that I can do what? Like when I look at that, there's no option. What are you going to do with this one wild and precious life? Exactly. You don't (laughs) want to waste it. I don't want to regret later that I spent all this time at work and not with my family. So what did you put? The most loving service I performed this past year, therapy for myself. Ooh, I love how you put yourself first in that one. That's a good one. Trying to take care of my long haul and recognizing that There was a lot of crazy going on and I needed help. Getting through it was a really good decision for me. And finding someone who can help me unpack what my feelings are about a situation and make intentional decisions Mm -hmm. has really been helpful for me. When you said to help you make intentional decisions, that's a really good reason to have a therapist to talk through some big life decisions so you're not just moving forward in one direction without bouncing it off somebody. Are you just trusting your judgment that maybe in the past hasn't been right for you? It's exactly what it is. And I'm packing why I think certain things are normal and maybe they actually aren't. It's really hard for people to consider a reference point. Everyone has like a different reference point based on how you grew up and things. You think the world is a certain way. So you use that as your reference point. And I use different things as my reference point. But what happens is in order to get validation, you tend to ask your friends, but your friends for a reason, because you have similar opinions (laughs) out in the world, right? So like if I come to you and I ask you, what do you think about this, Rochelle? And you and I are friends because we have similar views and like the same things. We're going to come up with the same answers and go, yes. And I'm going to feel very validated because you said the same thing. And now I feel like that's the right thing. But 
it's so problematic because when you're using a therapist, they're like this neutral party where they're not against you or really thinking in the same direction as you. They're just trying to help you figure out whatever you need to figure out. Yep. So I just thought that was like such an interesting point that you really shouldn't be asking your friends for advice. You should be getting this neutral party because your friends are going to be very similar to you. Yeah. And maybe you're giving yourself bad advice and then you ask me and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, Rochelle. Then you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm right. Yeah. Even talking to her has been really fascinating because things that I would expect for her to say, she hasn't. I chose somebody who's black, a female, and Christian. And I think that those three things were all really important to me because I don't trust the man's experience to understand what it is that I'm going through. I don't necessarily believe that any other race of person would be able to identify with the struggles that I'm going through, especially in this civil rights unrest that we have right now. In this climate right now. Again, it's being intentional about who you're choosing, but you're not choosing someone like friends agree with each other for a reason. Like we're friends because we enjoy each other because we agree with each other in essence sometimes. (laughs) It's important to realize that other people challenge you in ways that are good for you in some circumstances and that just listening to the people you surround yourself with doesn't always lead you to what you need to see. Yeah. Bye, Rochelle. Bye. Bye. Bye.